To the Fantasy Madness Podcast with me, your host, the Mad Chatter, Ryan MK. Thank you for joining me once again. And please do not forget to follow me on the Twitters, the Grams at RMK Madness. Please do check me out on the tubes, all the good stuffs. Whew. Hope everyone's week was well. Hope everyone's excited and ready for Halloween costumes and candy. You know, who, the, who the fuck am I kidding? It's not a normal Halloween. Nothing is normal. Nothing anywhere. It just... Uh, sorry, sorry, just... Uh, it just gets me down. It just gets me down. Oh. <sighs> Just so much going on, pandemic, election. It's a stressful fucking time. So many people on edge. Well, you know, there's a good majority that <laughs> acts like nothing's wrong at all. You know, you don't need masks. You don't need to be careful about anything. You just, um, yeah. I guess there is that segment of the population. But... Despite everything going on, we should be thankful. If anything, because, hey, we have each other. Right? Right. And we do have football, right, to give us a nice little break from the craziness of the world today. So, with that being said, we can get right into some football. How about some Thursday night football, shall we? And not a bad game. Not a bad game. Not a bad game. Falcons at Panthers. Atlanta took this one, 25-17. to 17. Now, first question for the Falcons. What's the deal with Todd Gurley? Not looking great. You kept seeing him out. For... Brian Hill went 11 for 55, two catches for nine yards. He got some run. And he looked way better doing it. Over five yards a carry compared to Gurley's 2.6 yards per carry over 18 touches. Mm-hmm. And really, on the pass-catching side for the Falcons, Julio was the only one to go off, 7 for 137. But the Falcons, you're just disappointed. You just want more. From the offense, the defense, it it just feels like they, they should be better, right? But it's felt that way since they lost the Super Bowl. They just haven't been the same. Just haven't been the same. Carolina, I was hoping for a little more from Teddy B tonight. I wanted to see him come out and play well, Mr. Teddy Two Gloves. And... It wasn't spectacular, and he threw a game-ending interception, and just when you thought maybe the Falcons were going to falcon again and give up a lead, no, it was uh, Teddy B, Teddy B making the mistake. What are you going to do? But hey, there was a Curtis Samuel sighting. Yes, there was, and that was four catches, 31 yards, and a touchdown. A couple of rushes for 23 yards and another touchdown. Hello, Curtis Samuel. But otherwise, the Carolina offense pretty disappointing. Mike Davis, DJ Moore, just a couple of catches. It was like 50-some yards, but still just a couple of catches. Disappointing, disappointing. But you imagine there'll be better days for Carolina, but if you're a fan of the Panthers, you wonder, you know, 
Couldn't you have done more against this Falcons defense? I mean, they're technically just right there in the thick of things. This puts them a step back. Puts them a step back. So I would highly suggest if y'all ain't rostering Brian Hill, you probably should. But I imagine he's on most rosters in most leagues at this point, dynasty-wise and, and, you know, deep redraft leagues, things like that. But he could become very, very useful because you never know. Maybe there's a point in time where Todd Gurley's knee starts to bother him. And, hey, Brian, well, uh, he, Brian Hill, he's looked pretty damn good in his limited time. So... We'll see what happens. But I tell you this much. I'm still a little wary of him. I shouldn't be. But I am a little bit. Just because of last year. He finally got that opportunity and kind of floundered. But I don't expect he'll do the same thing again in 2020. So, keeping on that situation. Ty Gurley didn't look great tonight. Just saying. Just saying. Thursday night football. With that being said, hope you enjoyed the game. Got a little something out of it. Probably disappointed if you own like DJ Moore and, and, and whatnot, Calvin Ridley. But hey, better days ahead, right? Better days ahead. So let's go ahead and get into the rest of the week eight action with the week eight prognosis. What the fuck? <laughs> okay, let's get into the week eight. Eight prognosis. Now, first of all, I will admit, I think at the tail end of the last segment, I said prognosis or something like that. I might be a little high. Anyway, anyway, again, I wanted to just remind everybody if you're keeping up with the pod, maybe you're new and you won't know the fucking difference, but if you've been keeping up with the pod, you notice a little bit of a change in how I'm doing things. So I'm trying to make the pods just a little bit shorter because there's some information that I can do in my mini madness pod, well, videos, no pod, no audio stuff, just videos for the mini madness. And I want to get those in because they're shorter and get some of that information that I just don't... Like with injuries, for example. Heading into the games, you want as good an injury update as you could possibly get, which I just can't give you on a Thursday night, Friday morning, if you know what I mean. So that's got to come out later so we have a better grasp on the injury situation. So I'm changing stuff up. I'm going back to what I once considered kind of lame where you go game by game, but really the more I've thought about it, the way I've been doing it, I don't feel like I'm getting into enough detail over these games and how the action of every Sunday spills into the world of fantasy football. And so I feel like I need to get more detailed and take a closer look at that by going game by game. And so that's how we're going to be doing shit from now on. Okay, okay, okay. I know. Seems lame. Because it seems norm. A little bit normy, right? You know me. You know me. Far from the norm. But, but, we must take a better look at things. Yes, 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 yes. So, let's go ahead and get into it. Right into it. First game right off the bat. You got Pittsburgh at Baltimore. Whoo! This is one of my favorite games of the weekend. Highlight game. I think it could be low scoring, though. Because you got two good defenses. 
And don't forget, Baltimore added Yannick Ngakwe. This could be, uh, you know, one of those battles in the trenches, as they like to say. Or Mike Tomlin when he's like, we're going to fight over every blade of grass, defend every blade of grass. You know, when Tomlin gets into that speed, that's this is one of those games. It's going to be rough and tough. Ravens got a solid D. I mean, it could be tough going for the Steelers. Oh, Connor could be all right because they're going to use the shit out of the ground game. But again, you never know when they're going to throw fucking Benny Snow in there. And I do think when it comes down to the wide receivers, if Deontay Johnson plays, I imagine he will make some plays. But I also feel like this could be a Chase Claypool game because if Deontay Johnson plays, there's probably going to be some concentration on him. And you got to cover Juju. And then, well, fuck, Clay's pool. And even if they cover Claypool, then that could open things up for James Washington. But I'm thinking the way things are shaping up. Because of the way the Steelers use Claypool, I do think he's going to get some action this weekend. On Sunday, I should say. I should stop saying, why am I saying this week? I mean, technically, it is this week. Anyway, continuing on. Baltimore, Ingram, uh, Mark Ingram. Uh, they thought he might be ready for week eight. He might not be. Might not be. If he's not going to practice. And if he misses, people are wondering, well, J.K. Dobbins or Gus Edwards? Now, don't get me wrong. Gus Edwards is pretty damn good. He's underrated. His yards per carry is wonderful. Now, I don't think he's the same kind of player as J.K. Dobbins. I expect some J.K. Dobbins mega action if there's no Mark Ingram. Now, it could be tough sledding against that pit, Pittsburgh D, but we also know it can be done. And I do think this is just going to be one of those tough divisional games. We're going to get some points. I don't think it's going to be 9-3, to three, but I don't think it's going to be 39-33 to 33 either. So, temper your expectations on your studs in those games, but I do think if there's no Mark Ingram... J.K. Dobbins is worth throwing in that flex spot. Whoo! Don't forget. Don't forget about that, man. Don't forget about that, man. Next game. You got Rams at the Dolphins. We got two a time, baby. We got two a time. Okay, now for two a time. I want to I, I wanna know. Because the, these coaches must have saw something. As of recent. To make them think after a winning streak... You know, they're sitting in a position where they could potentially battle for the division. Fitzpatrick's had a couple of good games. Are they just saying, all right, let's just cut it off now before Fitzpatrick, you know, the Fitz magic turns into Fitz tragic. Let's just cut it off right there. But I imagine it's also got a lot to do with Tua. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. And the Rams have a solid defense, right? Aaron Donald's going to be coming at him. But they must be comfortable with him. I do think it's going to be a heavy run game. Miles Gaskin, some Brita in there. But when it comes to the air, Devontae Parker's a little banged up, and you still got Preston Williams. He's got guys to throw to, Tua does. But where you can really attack the Rams' defense is the tight end position because the Rams, 18th against the tight end. So I think this is a Mike Gusecki game. Yeah. Plus, you know, young quarterbacks, they, they kind of tend to like their tight ends. You know, just saying. Just saying. Look at them across the league. 
Well, young QBs and Tom Brady, of course. And then for the Rams, I, did, I, I wonder if there's any hope for Akers here. I mean, Henderson and Brown have been good. I don't know. McVay said he needs to get him more involved, and we're not seeing it. And this was the, you know, the fear with Akers in this position was that there's other guys here. We all assume, well, maybe not all of us, but a lot of us assume, I, me, me included, that the cream would rise to the top. But Daryl Henderson's a good back, too, and he had a disappointing year last year, but the entire Rams offense did. So, you got to take things into context. Give it some time. We'll see Akers sprinkled in, but it could be, it could be next year before we see a lot more of them. And hey, they're winning games. They're they're in the thick of things. So, you know, why change shit up? Why change shit up? <sighs> and when it comes to the Rams receivers, I mean, I did. I, I, Josh Reynolds let him last week. I don't really know. This is the, It's like the, the Rams offense is better than it was last year, but it's still not that, you know, high-flying attack that it was previously. I shouldn't say high-flying attack. They used a lot of Todd Gurley, too. But you know what I mean? It's not that potent offense that it once was. Anyway, moving on. Next game. Jets at the Chiefs. Uh-oh. I think this is a Chiefs spanking time. Bye-bye, Jets. Crowder's questionable. You know, I'd love to see a lot of more of this Darnold to Mims connection and watch it grow and, and watch it brew into this beautiful thing. But Kansas City defense is going to be tough. And their offense is likely to just run through the Jets. So play all your Chiefs. <laughs> I think Even Le'Veon Bell. Flex play this week. I'm just saying. He looked damn good last week in his minimal touches. With his minimal touches. And I just wouldn't touch anybody from New York, not in this game. I can't wait to be able to play Denzel Mims. But now is not the time. Now is not the time. Next game, moving on, Minnesota at Green Bay. The Vikings are going to have to play catch-up. Their terrible-ass defense is going to get just fucking sandblasted by Aaron Rodgers in the Green Bay offense. He's going to go ham. No Aaron Jones, no problem. It may not happen again this week with Aaron Jones, but if not, Jamal Williams, he's going to do it again. Just watch, because that's just a well, you know, put together team as far as the offense to do what they want to do, to run the ball, to pass, and Jamal Williams is going to be fine. And they're playing the Vikings defense again. I do think this could be a Marquez Valdez-Scantling game, because, you know, Devontae Adams is going to get his, but the other production has got to come from somewhere. You might see a little bit of Tanyan, you might see a little bit of some other guys, but MVS, he might have blinked last week, but he did have four targets, which was the second most on the team. I think that has to be taken into account, and MVS is going to be able to burn this Viking secondary, so it wouldn't surprise me if he had a couple of long passes, maybe a touchdown, maybe two. So, MVS for this weekend, I'm just saying DFS, if you need to throw someone in a flex spot, might not be a bad idea. Just saying. For Minnesota, they, they are going to have to play catch-up. There's going to be some points scored from that. There, there's going to be garbage time. So that Vikings offense is going to get theirs. Feel Because the Green Bay defense isn't great either. It's just not. So feel okay playing Thielen. Feel okay playing Justin Jefferson. And if Dalvin Cook plays, he should tear it up. Other than that, I don't. 
you would think Madison would have a game this time. But these, these don't seem to happen for Madison when he has to take over for Dalvin Cook. The big games just don't seem to be there right now. But yet he's this elite handcuff. I just love that. <sighs> but hopefully we see Dalvin Cook play, and it looks like there's a good chance he will. Next game. Indianapolis at Detroit. Who's going to fuck this game up? Let's be honest. Let's be honest here. I like both these teams, actually. But they both find ways to make mistakes and fuck things up. And now they're playing each other. So this should be interesting. Although, Detroit overcame the fucking up stuff to beat the Falcons last week. And the Falcons overcame that this week. So, we shall see. We shall see. For the Colts, I think JT, you got to play him. I think he's going to have a big game. Big game. Now, do we get a T.Y. Hilton sighting? I don't know. I don't know. Because here's one of the things with Phillip Rivers. He seems to be able to think he can make all the throws. But I don't think he can make all the throws. And I think that's part of the problem with Hilton. I don't know that Rivers can get it to Hilton. I think the arm strength is going a little bit. The deep ball accuracy going a little bit. And, you know, that's why you think someone like a Keenan Allen so and tight ends, running backs, are so big for Phillip Rivers in, in, in L.A. Or San Diego, either way. So you got to worry about Hilton. He's not done anything to this point. Now we'll see what the bye week brings. But I'm hoping for some Michael Pittman to return. If he does, I believe he could have a day because this is more the running back that Phillip Rivers is going to look to, right? I mean, because if that arm strength isn't the same, if his deep ball accuracy isn't the same, then you know where he's going to have to throw the field. And Michael Pittman is kind of that prototypical ex-receiver type. 6'4", 223 pounds. His fucking metrics, great across the board. Slightly above average with the 40-yard dash and the burst, but otherwise, bam. Like, this is a good profile. Good receiver. Possibly top 10 in the class. And he could really be a weapon for Phillip Rivers down the stretch should he develop some chemistry and whatnot because it did seem like he, he wasn't getting a whole lot going at the beginning of the year, then he got hurt. But now, they desperately need weapons. They have Doyle. They have Burton. Right? They have Hilton, who's not doing much. And they have the normal cast of, you know, Colts secondary receiver characters. They need someone to step up. Nope. Paris Campbell. He's still on IR. Let's go Michael Pittman. May not happen this week. But when he does return, just keep an eye on that. Because he could be big. Could be big. For the Lions, you know, the Colts have a pretty solid deed. So, that could hinder the Lions a little bit. I actually think the Colts will take this game. But I do think it doesn't matter for Kenny Galladay. He's going to get his regardless. And I do think DeAndre Swift could have a good game. Because even though the Colts are pretty good against the run, they, it, it, DeAndre Swift is so good out of the backfield 
catching the ball. And I think this could help him in this game because that's not AP. That's not. In AP, he's going to run into the Colts' defense, which is good against the run. He's going to have problems. I foresee a much bigger role for Swift in this game. And the last thing I'll say is I would temper expectations for TJ Hawkinson if you got someone better, for example, in one league. Well, in a few leagues, actually, because I went very heavy this year, Gusecki and Hawkinson. I'm going Gusecki, based on what I said earlier. That's one way the Dolphins can attack the Rams. Two is likely to think of Gusecki, big target, good fucking hands, speed, side, all... That's a good safety blanket, right? So, I'm going to play him over Hawkinson this week. Because we need to temper our expectations for Hawkinson against the number one defense against tight ends in Indianapolis. So just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. Moving on to the next game. Las Vegas at Cleveland. Woo! Can Baker keep it rolling? I would like to hope so. I, I really, I didn't like all the doubters coming out. I really do like Baker. I want to see him succeed. And it's crazy that he looked a lot better when Odell went out. Now, could it be that in Baker's position, younger QB, he's got all these different coordinators and, and coach, like he's he's got no sense of stability the first few years he has in the league and then he gets this you know uber talented wide receiver but then it's almost like he's got to be worried about getting him the ball like if you saw that one clip and i love odell so i'm not really you know trying to say anything bad about him but it, it i could see how that could be a little you know that kind of not just talent but the persona how that could be a little intimidating and it's almost as if when Odell left, it was like Baker was freed and he was allowed to just kind of play. And some magical things happen. So you have to wonder if this offense is going to actually make a little bit of a more even positive turn due to Odell's injury. And that sounds terrible that you lose such a good guy and you could get... And people bash that shit like, oh, that's impossible. Well, I would say as talented as OBJ is, didn't seem to be this tremendous connection between him and Baker. It's not like Odell's out here going off, you know. It, it, it just, something's not right with the way he's working there. And he seems to work much better with Jarvis, Richard, Richard Higgins, man. This dude doesn't even have a good profile. Uh, yet, yet, Baker Mayfield loves him. And then you got Donovan. Peoples, just D, P, D, P, J. I was, <laughs> oh, that was terrible. Because it almost sounds like DDP. You almost want to go D, D, P, but it's D, P, J. Okay. Anyway, if you don't know who DDP is, old school WCW, don't worry about it. And if you don't know what WCW, WCW is, see, that now I'm just tongue twisting and I can't talk right. This is just, now we're going downhill professional wrestling talk and everything and <laughs> oh goodness i apologize i apologize back to the games <laughs> so these other receivers could really be big 
for Cleveland. I mean, I really, I'm really interested to see what Cleveland does for here. And with Las Vegas, I mean, Cleveland's defense is not great other than Miles Garrett. And I want to know, Henry Ruggs, can you make some fucking plays in this game? Because I think he can. And I think he'll, he's a great DFS play, if you ask me, because this Cleveland defense can get burnt in that way. So Derek Carr can get him a few fucking deep balls. We're in business. Not to mention, not to mention, I do think Waller should be a focus, and he probably will be, so he's going to be big in this game. And one more I wanted to mention, Brian Edwards. Yes, Brian Edwards. Been banged up for a while, and he didn't do much before he got hurt. Did you get, this is very similar to Michael Pittman, right? Because kind of some expectations coming in. Like, these are two guys that ready to play could really help their quarterbacks, right? Neither one of them did much at all, huh? But that's okay. That's okay. They got hurt, got a little time off, recuperate, rehab. They're back. They're ready to go. And now that we're into that part of the season where teams are really starting to roll, really trying to find themselves, we're getting past the ugliness of the first part of the season of football. And you see this, and you got to think, some of these guys coming back could be very helpful. You've already seen it in some cases. So uh, keep your eyes on Brian Edwards. If he plays this week, he could have a game. And also, 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 I did also want to mention for Cleveland, Harrison Bryant. That's right. That is fucking right. Because without Austin Hooper, he's been kind of the man. Now, Njoku gets a little love too. But really... It's the Mr. Bryant show at tight end while Hooper is gone. Okay. And that could be a very good play this week. Although, could be a little bit chalky. But that's what I said last week and he caught two fucking touchdowns. So who cares? Yes. Harrison Bryant. Digging him this week. I hope you got a ton of them in Dynasty. Whoo. Whoo. Loving it. Loving it. Next game. Tennessee at Cincinnati. Oh, the poor Bengals. Mm. They're going to have to come up against a Tennessee team that's angry after a loss. They're going to come out smoking, I think. A.J. Brown's going to kill. If he plays, he's a little banged up. If not, Corey Davis, Adam Humphreys, they should step up. Jonu Smith, I think, is going to be big regardless. And then you got King Henry running roughshod. Cincinnati, Geo should be okay. If there's no Joe Mixon, and because you know Gio can really catch the ball well, that it, I mean, you got to give him props there. Got to give Gio Bernard props there. But the Bengals are going to be able to put up some points, and I'm looking at T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd there, right? And I like me some Drew Sample. He's just not quite doing enough, and I don't just I just don't trust AJ Green as much. And so, I'm going with the youngsters there, and I do think. Burrow rose a little bit. They get some points, like I said, but ultimately, this is a Tennessee Titans win. Yes, 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 yes. New England at Buffalo. You, you know what would be funny? If the Patriots won this game. Because they, they could. They could. But they've looked terrible. And they might not have Julian Edelman. Might not have Nikhil Harry. Their top two receivers might be De- De- Demir Bird and Jacoby Myers. Now, I actually kind of like both those players, but Holy shit. Like, no wonder Tom Brady was okay with Lee. <laughs> this is what you give Cam Newton? No tight end of consequence, really. I just, 
Izzo, uh, get the fuck out of here. Like, what? Damien Harris is banged up. Like, what? Uh, I didn't even care about the Patriots. But when I heard Cam and Bill were linking up, and not, I'm not going to lie, I want to see Bill do good and Tom Brady do good. Because I don't like this shit. Which one was it? I think it was a great combination of an all-time quarterback and an all-time head coach. And now it just looks like, oh, Brady's doing great. Well, yeah, Brady has a bunch of weapons and a bunch of say, and that's not how really the Patriots work. And Bill's struggling. And Cam clearly is not the man he used to be and can't carry this team on his own. We got to see more out of him. We got to see what you can't start anybody from this fucking team right now. You just can't. Although I am kind of interested in Jacoby Myers and Demir Bird, but we'll see. I, Buffalo's defense hasn't been anything special, so they could certainly do something if able, if capable. And when it comes to the New England D, I mean, they've been up and down, but they've also practically shut out Patrick Mahomes in the first half of their game. Like, so you can't just discount the defense even when they're talking about trading away players. You still got to trust that they're going to be ready. They're going to be ready for that game. So it's in Buffalo. Should be interesting. I know I've said that a million times. Should be interesting. Keep your eyes on. We'll see. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) But the Bills need this win. They really do. They, 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 They cannot have it. They have not played. Even though they won last week, it was a bunch of field goals. They cannot play poor. They have to play well. And I could see a scenario where... Bill's got his defense, Bill Belichick that is, he's got his defense ready to go and ready to stifle Josh Allen, and then, boom, a couple of mistakes happen, and all of a sudden, Bills are in trouble, and it'll be the same old shit. So, that could happen. That could definitely, definitely happen. And, you know, Diggs, I mean, the Patriots still have a good second... Their past defense is playing well. Like, you could possibly do a little bit of running against the Patriots, but they ain't got no fucking run game, the Bills. Singletary, Zach Moss, they're not going to... Like, I would like to see more of Zach Moss to see if he could actually do something because Devin Singletary ain't it. Peeps, just saying. Goodness. So we'll see what the Bills can do against the Patriots. They need this win. There's going to be some kind of changing of the tide. It needs to be right then and there. Next game. Ooh, the Chargers at the Broncos. (laughs) Oh, Drew Locke. This is a clash of teams that should be better. And Drew Locke should be better. Because even though they beat the Patriots without scoring any touchdowns, I looked at some of them had some beautiful throws that could have been touchdowns and then last week he just fell apart it didn't look good at all but I think he does play better this week Chargers defense is solid but nothing special I do think Noah Fant and Melvin Gordon are in for big games and I do also believe that if there's no Tim Patrick that we could definitely see some production from those rookie-wide receivers of the Denver Broncos. And as for the Chargers, I think Herbert has looked great, okay? And I think even though against a solid Denver defense, he's going to look great again. 
I think he'll outplay Locke, and it's probably going to make John Elway tear his fucking hair out. But, hey, what are you going to do? As far as the Chargers running backs, I like Joshua Kelly. I like Justin Jackson. Avoid them here. Because I don't think they're going to be able to run that much against Denver's fourth-ranked defense against the run. And so I expect more Keenan Allen. I expect a bounce-back game from Mike Williams. I think Herbert's going to air it out because I do think Denver's going to be able to get out there and get some points on the board. And the Chargers are going to be able to match them. So this could turn into maybe a little bit of a high-scoring game. And I would like to see that. I'd like to see improvement from the youngsters, the young quarterbacks. Next game, San Francisco 49ers at the Seattle Seahawks. And you know what? The Hawks might be in trouble because the San Francisco D has come alive. It is right up there at the top. And, yeah, they're missing Raheem Moster again. But they're going to be fine. They got McKinnon. We'll see. I'm a little worried about playing McKinnon this week just based on what happened last week. But then again, it's just him and Jermichael Hasty, so there's a good chance it's both. Because Jeff, Jeff Wilson's gone too. It's just, and it really is amazing how San Francisco can just keep, you know, taking in, absorbing all these fucking injuries, and still rolling out and play. But and they had a couple of weeks where people were wondering, but they're they're rolling now. They're rolling. Their defense is playing good. Brandon Ayuk is turning out to be a damn good rookie. You're gonna have Kittle here. You gotta temper your temper your expectations a little bit with him because Seattle is fantastic against the tight end position. As for the Seahawks, this is a really good San Francisco defense, like I said. But you got Russell Wilson, so it's not like you're not playing Lockett, Metcalf, Russ. But you also got to remember that eh, this might not be the biggest game because this could be a little bit more low scoring even though I do think the Niners could probably put up some points because there's nothing special about the Seattle defense anymore but I think division game Seattle will play up to the competition they'll play good enough to kind of especially in Seattle rein that San Francisco offense in a little bit and then Russ is going to do his thing I think it's going to be a fun game whoo that division is insane I mean that whole division could realistically make the playoffs no fucking lie. Next game. <laughs> New Orleans at Chicago. Bye-bye, Bears. That's a th- <coughs> oh, the Bears. Yuck. Allen Robinson in the concussion protocol. He might not play. That's bad news. But if he doesn't, I'd play me some Anthony Miller. I would, I would. And Darnell Mooney could be sneaky, too. Did you know, since week three, Darnell Mooney has had five-plus targets. Yeah, Nick Foles be looking his way more than Anthony Miller. I just think if A-Rob is out, Anthony Miller might be viewed more as that go-to guy. But Darnell Mooney, playing well too, playing well too. For the Saints, you might get Michael Thomas back. You might not. If no, I'm rolling Marquez Callaway out again. If not, I want to bench him. If Thomas plays, you got to hold back on Callaway because you don't know where they're going to go with that, right? Because they're going to be feeding the ball to Kamara. The Chicago, yes, they got a solid defense, but it's not world-beating. And, hey, they've been exposed. The Saints are going to come in here and rough the Bears up. <laughs> okay, so play your Alvin Kamara, your Jared Cook, 
Like I said, no Thomas, play Callaway. Traquan Smith. Traquan Smith. <laughs> Goodness. Moving on, next game. <laughs> Sunday Night Football. Dallas at Philly. Show me something. One of you two. I spoke so highly of the NFC West. The NFC East is a fucking dumpster fire. Per usual. Show me something. For the Cowboys, you got Danucci. He's likely starting. But, I mean, can it be any worse than what we got from Andy Dalton? According to Michael Gallup, Danucci's out there in practice just slinging it. Do you trust anyone? I really don't. Except for Zeke. I'm playing some Zeke. Because I imagine he wants to atone for his sins. And with a, you know, young, inexperienced quarterback behind center, Oh, they're going to run this shit out the ball. And they'll be able to against the Philly defense. Uh, So I do think Zeke has a good day. As far as Philly, you got Jalen Rager returning. That's exciting. He could make an impact instantly, but don't let that shy you away from Travis Fulgham. If you got Travis Fulgham, you still play him. He's still good in DFS. You don't just ignore Travis Fulgham because the rook is here. Just don't do that. Don't, 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 don't do that. I mean, maybe Greg Ward goes bye-bye. Maybe, you know, Jalen Rager hits some of those deep shots. I don't know. But Travis Fulgham, trust that he is here to stay. Do I need to go through his profile again? Do I need to go through his profile again? No, I don't. He's here to stay. Thank you. Thank you. But I do also like Richard Rodgers this week. I really do for that receiving group. And... The Eagles themselves, speaking of Russian, they're having a tough time, even when they had Miles Sanders. And they may have to go another week without him. Which means another week of Boston Scott. And I was talking about last week how I didn't think Boston Scott was that good. And you look at his points, and he's got you some points. My point still stands. He wasn't that good. He had less than 100 all-purpose yards. He got you points because he got some catches and a touchdown. But that saved you in PPR leagues. That saved you. But he's nothing special. (sighs) But I suppose you have to play him again this week if there's no Miles Sanders. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm just not the biggest believer in Boston Scott. But he's okay. But damn, that Eagles offense, they need to get it going again. They need to get it going more. And hey, maybe Rager helps out with that. Maybe he does. That would be great. But still play Travis Fulgham. (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. Sunday fucking night football. It's going to be a crazy week. Another crazy week of football. Another crazy fucking week. May I please have your attention? The store will be closing in five minutes. That's right. We've hit the end of the road, folks. Time to close up shop, get things things going. I'm hungry, per usual. And... It's that's how that's this is how I do. I pod, and then I go eat my foods and chill. That's how that's how I roll. That's how I roll. But before we go, one more time, I will just say, please make sure to vote. Oh my goodness. I don't I don't think I could describe enough how worried I am about this fucking country. If we get another four years of Orange Man over there. So please, please go out and vote. 
<sighs> and also, don't forget, again, check out my next mini madness. I will be getting into injuries again, like I said, keeping you up on that. We'll discuss that a little bit. And, of course, we'll get into <sighs> some trade talk, maybe. Yeah, yeah, some trade talk. Because, as you know, the trade deadline in the NFL is Tuesday. There's some rumors going around. Maybe Will Fuller gets sent to Green Bay. You don't know. We shall see. But I'm going to be doing a little discussing that as well. So, keep your eyes out for that on Saturday. That is right. And try enjoy Halloween. Seriously, I was complaining about it earlier. But it's try just it, however you're going to do it, do it as safe as possible. Take care of your loved ones. Have a good time, but fuck's sake, please be safe. <laughs> Jeez. Sorry, no, I'm so dramatic about it. I'm just ready for this pandemic to be over, but at the same time, I'm tired of people that are not taking it fucking serious enough. It's like, I, man, I'm tired of taking it serious too, but can we just fucking get through this shit? Like, like tonight, tonight it was Thursday night. We had another record-breaking day as far as number of cases, we've got to do something, people. Anyway, go ahead and close up shop. Thank you, everyone, for listening. I greatly appreciate it. I really do. I really do. I do it for you and for me. And for me, I'm not going to lie. I do. It's very therapeutic for me to get on and do all this talking it is. Believe it or not, it really is. I don't know why. I enjoy it. Well, that is part behind the name Mad Chatter because I just, I'm kind of crazy and I like to talk. So I suppose it works for all of us, right? Right, right. Oh, anyway, let's get the fuck out of here. As always, much love to you all. Don't forget to stay safe, stay vigilant, stay mad. All the best people are. <sighs> that's right, that's right. Have a great, wonderful weekend, Halloween. Once again, please be safe. <sighs> Ta-ta for now. Latest. Peace out. Happy Halloween. Ha ha ha.